Okay. Are you ready? Yep. I'm Amy Tanyi Zhao, a Chinese living in America. You want me to call you Amy, or do you want me to call you Tianyi? And I'm Meg, an American who is about to marry into a Chinese family. It allows people to have an eye into who we are as people and how we find our own identity in the world. We're the hosts of The Spark, a podcast that explores what it means to traverse between cultures and shares stories that intersect Chinese and American culture to interrupt cultural barriers and create connections. So I will just kick this episode off with introducing you as um, one of my really good friends, again, um, an art curator in New York City and graduated from Tsinghua University Art Academy and Art Department, same as our previous guest, Ariel Suizui. And Sophie right now is a established art curator and uh, art gallery personnel in New York City and has her own gallery, Latitude Gallery. And uh, today we have her. It's our, it's really our honor to have her as our guest to, you know, to really dive deep into the topic of not only just traversing in between culture, but most importantly, to establish a career on something that you love so much and to be self-sustainable in an area that you are truly passionate about. So welcome, Sophie. Thank you so much again for making time for us and um, truly serving as an example and also just a, a story for a lot of people who are still feeling so lost um, of, you know, starting a career somewhere else and how to start a career somewhere else. Yeah, to share your story uh, with everyone. Thank you. Um, thank you so much uh, for having me, uh, the Spark Podcast crew. <laughs> and uh, um, hi everyone. My name is Shihui Zhou. Um, I am an art. I am an artist uh, first, and then a curator. Uh, I'm not so sure about established, but I do have an artist-run gallery in Brooklyn, New York. I started last year, um, which is two two thousand and two thousand twenty. Before everything went down. I started this gallery, and so far, um, we we still hanging in there. Um, uh, I uh, thank you for this opportunity. I think um, I would like to talk a little bit about um, my own artist pro- um, practice and the how like this gallery uh, runs, or how is it like to run a gallery in a foreign city, a foreign country? Um, maybe. Um, I didn't do everything right, or there's um, some lessons or some cool stories, just for um, people to maybe um, to reflect or to think about what they really wanted to do and how they trying to make it. Well, one of the things that I I'm so excited to dive into all of that with you because you truly are. It's truly incredible that you started a gallery and are still standing in the middle of 2020. I mean. Um, it's it's such an amazing success story, and I've seen your work um, out on on Instagram, especially. It's phenomenal. I just love what you're doing um, in the art space, and it's so cool that not only you've done that, like ran a gallery in in New York City um, in the middle of a year like 2020, but you're also doing it away from home, and that's something that is is very intriguing. It's really cool, and I think it serves as an inspiration to other people, um, especially people 
people in the art industry and then people who are looking to cross cultures and to to carve out a, a path of their own and, and follow their dreams like like you've done. And one of the things I always like to ask straight out of the shoot in the beginning is is I love I love for the the listeners to get to know a little bit about you before you came to New York. So I'd like to take it all the way back to the beginning. And I'd love for you to tell us about how you grew up. Sure. Um, actually, um, none of my parents are in art area, art field. But somehow my mom got the impression my dad's pretty good at visual arts. So she decided to put me into a painting class when I was four. Wow. Um, and there were other classes of, as well. But um, I think somehow like um, I stick to it. Um, in paintings and sketchings and I've been doing it ever since Um, so in China we do have um, this high school type of high school we call it the art high school so it was pretty natural for me to went through the art examinations in China before like the big exams for everyone Mm -hmm. And then that's why I was able to got into Tsinghua University Art and Design Academy. And for me back then, I didn't really like, really like think about it because it's the the path is already carved or is already laid out for me. Um, So that's kind of why I got into art and design. And then, so after my undergrad, it's pretty also, it's pretty natural for me to, to get a master's degree overseas in the same area. Um, mm-hmm. It's because in China, it's, it's nice and it's, I don't know, it's, we call it like to do uh, jin. So it means that you're already pretty good, but if you go abroad, have like overseas experience, it's kind of like um, this artwork you like put, you plated gold around the edges. So that's why wow. I, I sense. yeah, I went to Chicago. I went to the Art Institute of Chicago and then did my um, graduate program um, there for two years. Um, that was the first city I've been in the States. What was that like? What was your, what was, what was that whole experience like that what was your first impression of the United States having that as your first city that you visited? Um, well, I actually somehow like probably after this year, I've been like looking back to my experience in the state, not just in New York, which is very modern, very international. Chicago is still a big city, but it's a Midwest city. Um, it's, more conservative I have to say and it's very cold Mm -hmm. and also like doing art school there um we did have um people from all over the world and also um a decent like portion of different race of people in the school um it was very liberal and I think the only thing I remember really um vividly is when I was doing school there, um, the previous president uh, elected su- successfully after Obama. And it was quite an experience for me to really experience after that and in school how I got treated or how 
maybe like American students were really paying attention to us and that were trying to mm. make us to feel safe or feel okay. And mm. with everything happened recently, it was quite a ride. And okay. I definitely felt um, uh, lucky I was only in like the blue, um, blue states, like Chicago, mm-hmm. like Chicago and New York. It's mm-hmm. uh, for me, definitely quite different experience compared to others. Totally. Absolutely. It's, it's been, I mean, I, I can't speak on behalf of you or Amy in any sense um, yeah. uh, with your experience in the United States, but um some just witnessing what's been going on, like the dynamics of different things yeah. without getting political. Um, I can only imagine what that's been like um, away from home too. I, I feel like that has likely been a very interesting experience on the backdrop of everything with the pandemic as well. So that's a really interesting point that you bring up. Yeah, totally. Like with, um, with the different kinds of background, after I moved uh, moved to the states, um, definitely what I see, what I've been encountered with, like art wise, it's all. It was also like a ride. It was very interesting. Also, really opened my eyes um, mm-hmm. because I wasn't really creating like um, that much of what I call now like very serious kind of art back then but now I definitely uh, I put more context I put more thoughts I I really like to like do more critical thinking mm-hmm. when I create or whatever I do now I'm like more I don't know I just uh, keep that more in mind totally do you feel like that is part of your response to your environment around you in America then yes I think that that's true and also maybe just part of growing up yeah yeah it's it's fun because i i always um tell meg when we are when we are just chatting that um for a lot of the people who went abroad after you know completed their undergrad or grad uh part of our growing up experience actually took place after we went abroad so it's the the mind starts getting more mature as we we traversing as we traverse in between China and America or totally. one country between one country and another and that totally shaped um no matter it's our future career or the way that we think um which it, it could be also very difficult sometimes because the growing up experience uh, it's it's a protracted growing up experience. It should have happened earlier than expected, but yeah. um, it's because of all the struggling in between places, um, it took place way later than than, than what it should be. So, uh, sure. and I think that's also why a lot of people are feeling lost. But for you personally, how did um, leaving home shape you as? a person and also as an artist well definitely I I think I really made like a lot out of it with these overseas experience um I wasn't really missing home much in my undergrad um with my parents and the the university was only like an hour flight away and it's in China. It's just very convenient. I never thought I was away from home. 
And at, like until after I moved here, I have to really make food that I really wanted to eat. In Chicago, the Chinatown there is just so-so. Um, I definitely like accidentally got myself semi-food poisoned oh, no. by my cooking. Um, like when I see it now, or like look back, I will, I, I have to say it definitely came a long way taking care of myself really live healthy and happily and not only just taking my uh, taking care of myself um, physically, but also mentally. I went through a pretty dark time um, after moving to Chicago with everything in the background and also the weather. I got the winter blue. I also got some depressions. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely seeking a lot of help from schools, from your peers, from your friends, and then you're trying to like save yourself from depression. It's also definitely um, made me grow up uh, a lot more than before. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely more on the ground, more like um, care about the moment about myself compared to like the innocent uh, undergrad time. Absolutely. That's so important. I think, you know, um, Amy was just touching on the speed and like which each of us grew up depending on our experiences. But I would also, I would almost argue too, like anybody who is like yours or Amy's ages, like in the States and never left anywhere, like you both are probably like eons ahead of like what we consider to be growing up because of the different struggles and the different hurdles that you had to jump going through those different things that, um, that a lot of other people, unless they had been put in a situation outside of their home, wouldn't have had to go through. So, um, and I really, I really applaud your vulnerability too. I think oftentimes um, that's a part that people don't necessarily talk about. Um, Something that Amy and I always chat about on the side is like we see on Instagram or social media, like these big, beautiful lives of so much travel and it's wonderful all the time and it's amazing. And no one's talking about when you're sitting alone in some apartment in some foreign country somewhere and it's lonely as hell and you don't know where, you know, and you don't know you're having a hard time maybe communicating or you're just feeling a little bit lost in the world. And that doesn't match what's on Instagram, you know, but that is so much more real than what's on Instagram. And I think I just really appreciate you bringing that to light. Um, cause I think that's a very real common, um, thing that happens, um, with people who pursue a life of travel. Um, it looks amazing, but really there's this whole other side that I think, maybe we should be talking about more and, and realizing that, you know, yes, these lifestyles are choices, but um, yeah. that's not to be overlooked. And I, so I really, really love that you, that you brought that up. Cause I think that's so important. Um, I, I really agree with you a hundred percent. I think that's also, I was thinking um, after those years, I'm still um, able to really face it or to talk about it. Sometimes mm-hmm. my friend pointed out, like, you are, they, they give me, like, this phrase, you're radically soft mm. sometimes. I I was really looking into it, this, this phrase, and I saw some articles about this radical softness. Interesting. Um, um, I feel like it's healthy. I, I didn't know mm. I've been doing it. I, I probably pick it, picked it up after I had depression. I was alone in a foreign country in Chicago. It was cold as hell. 
and yeah. it was blue like there's not much sunlight and school is like a lot of pressure and your futures is like blank yeah. and I think I just picked it up I start talking about it um I also just maybe learn how to listen or to really care or feel or really seeking those cares from surroundings appreciate things a lot more and even now to these days with this business going on I have to like be honest I freaked out every day sometimes still this year like this year I thought it's gonna be better but which just doesn't seem like like Mm. uh, 20 30 days in um after I started business everything went down I like I freaked out every day and but there are so many artists are so supportive and I talk to them very genuinely. I think that's help. That's definitely helping whatever um, I've been through or whatever this business is going through, or it's also helping artists to relate with us more yeah. and to really build like a true connection. And everybody really think this is like a kid growing up. This gallery is like a kid is grow up with everybody during like a very challenging time. Mm. Absolutely. That's so beautiful. I love that term radical softness too. I just, I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. I'm such a sucker for words and I just love the way I just feel so comforted by that phrase. I think that's so beautiful. I just, that's amazing. I love how you described all of that. I think that's just, I love that. What's what's this funny actually um, growing up, like before undergrad, um, my parents are both in the military my dad used to tell me, like, don't really, like, show it those things. You need to really, mm-hmm. like, kind of man up to suck it up and overcome these things. Mm-hmm. It was quite, like, different from before. I, like, I slowly started to open it up. I really don't feel like I'm less strong than before. I, right. I now really think about it. It was very hard to keep it all to yourself. Yeah. yeah. It's crazy. I- it's definitely not as healthy like as now no. I definitely love myself now it's easy to relate to people like even relationship wise I think it's definitely a way to build like very true and special connections with the world and with other people absolutely yeah, that's that's such a big point though because I it's it's like in Chinese we have two words wai rong nei gong or wai gong nei right wai gong nei means your Hard, tough on the outside and you're soft on the inside and then the other words means vice versa and for mm-hmm. the longest time I think um, growing up especially as the single child and as a, a, a girl you know your family want you to be as powerful as strong as possible for at least for me and it sounds like it's the same for you as well that um, it's a way of your family you want to protect you that they want you to be very tough on the outside so no one can really hurt you just don't show your emotions but the build-up was it was crazy because the emotions will erupt eventually you can't mm-hmm. hide them and the and the older i get the, the the more i realize that the really strong people show their emotions the the vulnerability is no longer a, a soft soft point for them it's it's no longer a an excuse that they're afraid of a subterfuge. They, they're, they're not afraid of it anymore. And then the moment that you're not afraid of revealing your softness and vulnerability, that's that's how you get stronger. Yes. And it, 
it's a counter logic i think um it, it it's different it's not it's different from everything that i was taught before but for some reason it is the way to be to be stronger so it's it's interesting how it all happened for Abs- you um yeah yeah sure vulnerability is strength yeah yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's, it's incredible. I think, I think really, I mean, that ties, ties into what it means to be the spark too. in a lot of regards, like I, from what Amy and I define to be the spark, I mean, mm-hmm. expressing that vulnerability and it's true strength. It's, and it's, it's undeniable strength and I, it's yeah. beautiful. I'm man. Yeah. And the fact that you can trans interpret it, like ingrain the, into the art creation that you yeah. have it can inspire other people i mean i know that you keep telling us it's not a success it's not prominent but um we we do feel the strength uh in the work that you have put in so that's also why we want to shed more lights to it and yeah so uh jumping in transitioning into the next question because when i first knew you you told me that uh you you wasn't a you wasn't in the art industry fine art industry in the first place um can you take us to to the moment you decided to leave the fashion industry that you first stepped your foot in and transition into a career in fine art and art creation um so um Let's go back to my undergrad time. I was in fashion major, actually. Um, I can't remember how I picked this major. It seems like when you when you went through Gaokao, which is the big examinations for everybody's your age to enter college, um, you just pick the things that you're interested in, or it sounds like, oh, it makes sense. So for me and my parents, fashion design makes, makes sense. You're a girl, you're into art and design. Um, let's pick like something that you won't really just spend money all the time. You could like design something. Mm-hmm. You can work in a firm, in a company or in a factory. And that was definitely not a very wise decision or like it was inevitable decision because I really didn't think that much when I choose it. I feel like future is a very blank, like paper or canvas. Like I would just throw it on something and mm-hmm. I liked it. Like, like every other girl, like fashion, cool, <laughs> beautiful clothes. Yes. And designing it. Yeah. I have, I might have the talent, um, but <laughs> like then after I worked in fashion industry, I knew a little bit more. And then I was juggling between like design firm and the factory. I did not like that industry like one bit. Um, just let's take an example. I was working in um, this big company, uh, something Roth, something Lauren. Um, (laughs) casually it's very big firm like it's very classic american brand oh yeah but i was working in there uh between their factories and design firm their like high-end factory is in fact located in the garment district in new york Mm. but if you go there if you see none of the workers or at least not in like uh, not in the management group None of them are Americans. They're mm-hmm. all Mexican wow. workers, um, maybe union, but I'm not sure. That's like a very tricky question. Mm-hmm. Um, 
they they probably take minimum wage or a little bit more than that and um i just i just didn't feel right and they they were hiring me i think it's not because i got the design talent they were more into my communication ability because a lot of their skilled sewer are chinese oh wow or korean And no, now American labor. Wow. Like, period. And it's just, it shook me like a little bit to the core. I really didn't like go through the deepest uh, question about any of this, these industries. But let alone only in New York, this is what it is. In a right. lot of those um, famous brands. Mm-hmm. Like, Not to mention in the third world country, maybe some poor kid is sewing your beautiful H&M dress. Right. I, as a designer, I, I can't really, like, really put myself, like, in this um, circles. And I, I don't know how to really, like, um, more intellectually, like, the, discuss about this thing. Maybe that's how it is. Like, maybe back in the 70s or 60s, there were American girls women's they they're they left home they started to work but now it's completely different now and and also like not to mention those waste high it's a highly waste like waste industry like a lot of fabric and a lot of water from dyeing and washing those fabric and it's just for me Uh, as if you guys seen my work for that period, I've been using like fabric um, or just used clothes. I just feel like, you know, prolong their life a little bit. There are right. a lot of people just wear this shirt for a couple of times and then they, they throw it away. And it's just all in all those things are a little bit less than I expected or less than I imagined when I was doing fashion, when I was in fashion. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to like change something. Mm-hmm. I didn't know back in the um that time, but um, I like during I was working there, something happened in my family, mm-hmm. and um, uh, some older generation uh relative passed away, and I didn't know until a year later. So that also made me think like the time, the jet lag of these um, facts and then the Mm -hmm. sorrow and Mm -hmm. how things are now. And I decided to really step up to make a change like right now and do the things I feel like I wanted to do. And that's why that's how I end up um, in art, like a hundred percent all in. Um, and later on, I decided to do a gallery. Wow. That's, that's incredible. I mean, it really, I, I love what you brought up about your experience in the fashion industry, because I mean, a lot of people, if they were to hear just on paper or see it on paper or hear you talk before you told us any of that, they would, they would say, oh my gosh, you have my dream job, um, working for Ralph, Ralph Lauren and, and all of that, everybody thinks, again, it's one of those other things that everybody thinks is super glitzy. Um, but I love that you bring to light how unsustainable a lot of the fashion industry is. And it's it, it, it's exploitation, too, of, of 
people of color and and people who are considered quote unquote minorities in America. Um, it's not right. And that's I can understand how that did not feel it didn't sit well with you. Um, and I love that you had you had the you knew something internally was not right with that and you chose to to follow that and not turn a blind eye because I think there might be some people out there who who maybe would have just told themselves that, oh, I'm lucky enough to be here at Ralph Lauren and I'm, you know, and all that stuff. But you didn't, you followed, you followed your heart and and what was right and what you knew to be right. And I really, I really look up to that. I think, I mean, that's incredible. And so, um, and then you're also your personal journey into transitioning to art. It's interesting how sometimes things happen in life that really just sober you up. And for sure, yeah. Yeah. And you're just like everything just becomes instantly clear. Um, and I think that's that's really that's really incredible. Um so when you think about you're an artist yourself, but then when you open this gallery in in the past year. Um, what inspired you to become an entrepreneur and then curate other artists' work? Well, um, before I started my gallery, I had a phase or a time period of me being an artist all in and creating every day and doing art residencies and making those show exhibitions really be there and submitting open calls. And I realized that as um a Chinese or maybe just a minority artist. We're not Americans. There are a lot of opportunities we really cannot pursue. And there are a lot of times they will probably choose you over, like like choose other people over you. And mm-hmm. there are so many um, galleries are maybe for your pin art or for American creatives, artists, um, but they're really fewer opportunities and space that dedicated or more fair for artists emerging very young artists. Um, I do consider me as the fewer lucky ones. Um, I had my professor to really like supporting and um, my artist career and also my artist visa. But I just, after so many shows, I realized that a lot of people did not have this experience, cannot really reach those opportunities. What are they going to do? They are good artists. Um, They really wanted to make it here, at least to really learn art here and then maybe showcase every once in a while after their graduation. Mm -hmm. So I was thinking I need to maybe have a small space for them as well and maybe with my really limited experience and my like little knowledge to help them to install or to really put up a show but at least this is um maybe for them it's not oh another very american gallery mm-hmm. with maybe no at first no like no black artists or no asian artists at all just uh like as you mentioned that we were expats in the united states we were in between new immigrants and foreigners and as you decide as you made the decision to penetrate a field artist gallery field where there were few precedents like for people like you uh 
to to establish a gallery to newly graduate a uh, color artist or Asian specifically Asian artist. Um, have you ever feel pressured or hesitant hesitant to for for your decision because on the first hand it on, on the first hand it's a niche you're penetrating you know the, the group of people who never had an opportunity or rare opportunity to display their arts but on the other hand um there's no precedent or few precedent for you to 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 learn from uh what were you thinking when you decide to start a gallery as such? Were you ever afraid um, of it or? Well, um, it's a great question. Um, definitely, I, I need some time to think about it. But when I was starting it, I guess I didn't really think that much. <laughs> mm. If I thought um, that much, I probably I would be more scared starting it. Yeah. Um, I guess definitely that was a very like rational decision. I was checking um, houses or places like space and I got invited by my professor um, who has a huge building in Chicago and he turned the ground floor into a gallery space. I think that also inspired me. Um, In terms of uh, between new immigrant or immigrant and um, foreigner, I have to say I still consider myself as a foreigner, although I've been living in the States for four or five, five years, almost six years. Um, uh, or maybe like I have to like put the galleries kind of location or like this niche um, belong to um, foreign or Asian um category although we do mm-hmm. welcome people from all over the world um different colors of skin um let me think is i don't know um you but i feel like even though you've been living in states um i still like to really maintain myself as a spectator um in this environment mm-hmm. um Compared to growing up in the States, that's a huge difference. And it's really hard to um, become the other, one one of the other um, with our experience. And I like to keep my um, view fresh and more perspective. Uh, uh, Let's see, how to say, I, I feel like, um, I like to really consider two sides. Mm-hmm. Totally. Directed, I think, is it? Yeah, I, I think critical thinking is the closest that we can get, but, right. it's, not, um, but it's not the full picture. It's it's definitely, there are definitely benefits. Um, and um, with this kind of views, uh, running a gallery, it will be more, I think it will be more like, close to our customer or close to our audience mm-hmm. because they are um, like Chinese immigrants institutions or galleries or organizations. And I, I do feel like I understand there is like a gap between uh, fresh off the boat or immigrants or like foreign students 
there are always huge differences between any of those categories. Um, I can't really speak for them and it's very hard to really get into that group. Um, but um, my uh, intentions or my goals are more for the foreign students who really wanted to make it here or really wanted to try it out here. Mm -hmm. And that's um, my answer. Mm -hmm. I love that you've created a space to, I mean, you, you saw, you saw something that you wanted to, to fix or to, um, I mean, you're, you're literally lifting up voices and giving people like you're up here on the ladder kind of thing. And you're reaching back down with your other hand and saying, come up with me. Um, and I think that's really powerful that you've, you've, you've taken your career in art, not only pursued art. I mean, I'm just looking at your journey and whole, it's just really inspiring. I mean, you, you were in the fashion industry and what people call a dream job. And then that didn't, what you saw when you got in there, that didn't sit well with you. And you, you rejected that. You said, this does not, I can't sacrifice my beliefs and my values to be in something because it seems like the, a great opportunity. And you left that and then you pursued art and you, um, pursued it with your whole heart, it seems. And then you decided, okay, like I'm going to use my platform and where I've gotten so far to also extend a hand to somebody else who's trying to make it. And I think that that's incredibly powerful and really speaks as a testament to who you are as a person. I think that's, that's amazing. Yeah. Thank you so much. And, um, about earlier, uh, what I was talking about, like different categories of, um, being a foreigner or like immigrants in the U S mm-hmm. I guess I was trying to blur these differences Why I wasn't really highlighting. This was only for Chinese right. um, the gallery. And we, we were going to show, like we already showed some of American peers and during our um, online artist talk program and also we're going to show Korean artists where we're establishing like relationship with um, in general Asian artists sometimes uh, a lot of them are females Um, I feel like sometimes I like to really honor the saying in China like let's keep one eye open and one eye closed we set a goal, but we don't have to always highlighting it. Um, right. I know in political like events or these things, people really like to put a definition on a lot of things. Mm-hmm. If we are like in this kind of movement, we have to do this. If you don't do this, mm. which is wrong. Um, yes. Maybe for us, I also brought this Oriental pen or like Chinese um, ideology. Like, let's just don't really clarifying it. Mm -hmm. Uh, let's see how it goes we have this intention and we definitely will attract the people from uh with the same intention and if the things are good enough we'll attract a lot more people with different backgrounds we'll have more voices um that's probably then we will know it's gonna make it it's gonna really make a difference Mm -hmm. one of the things that we always try to get with, with the spark, what we're, what we're trying to do is really, you know, as human beings, there are so many things that make us different. I mean, we can list off differences all day, but one thing that Amy and I always say is there's so much more that makes us alike. And it's like, 
when you start talking with people and having conversations like we are with you right now, you peel back like the layers of the onion um, of a human being. And when you get to the core, you realize like that's where all the sameness is. And, and really like we all want the same things. We all want, we all have the, our, our souls are all the same, no matter what we look like on the outside. And it really, I think it really, it really seems like that's what you're doing with your gallery too. Um, but through, through the lens of art, which I think is really cool. Totally. Um, since I was doing some artist residencies with uh, a lot of uh, American artists and also like for my personal life, my uh, partner is um, Swedish. Um, Mm. The, the differences are all there. Uh, Even with Chinese friends or people there mm-hmm. there are all kinds of differences right and how we see this world with different um background and upbringings is not going to be the same right um, i feel like um the the reason i call it the gallery latitude is um not because of the the definition of like the latitudes and and the altitudes right it's more of like it contains more it has mm. more tolerance love that so um yeah I really also like I like that. the logo with L and at that's um, yes. awesome. that's the other reason <laughs> it's an awesome logo oh my gosh yeah it, I mean the whole your whole brand is just I mean incredible I love that though that's really I love that well I I'm curious to know too when you think about everything that you're doing here in the United States what comes to mind when you think about pursuing this back home uh pursuing like everything i do in china yeah Um, wow that that question really also freaks me out sometimes (laughs) um especially after pandemic a lot of my peers um my friends um a lot of really good artists went back to china Mm. and um they made the hard decision of going back to China. They they do not know, like they love New York here, some of them, and they do not know when are they going to come back. Um, right. They might have like a vision um, of like living here for a period of time, but with this global pandemic, they have to really move back. And from as far as I can see, um, it's definitely have its um, pros and cons pursuing everything like what I do like everything they wanted to do in China art wise mm-hmm. um if like like let's come to like the basics if you're good um sooner or later you're gonna really make it mm-hmm. or if you like um I feel like but it's definitely challenging if you, you've been living in the States for a while and you really don't know the Chinese style that well. Yeah. About like the circles or connections or something else, probably I don't know. Mm-hmm. But to be honest, I feel like these kind of problems exist everywhere. It's It depends on what you establish around your surroundings. Totally. Which how you wanted to try to do this. Um, I can't really say for sure, like how to do it there because I never tried it there. Yeah. And, but I, I freak out, but in the same time, I feel like after a couple of years, really like fighting in the state, 
um, it's definitely not gonna like not equip me for situations. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I guess that sounds like um, my mom, but <laughs> uh, but yeah, I guess so. It's well, I'm getting not as young as before. I just spent my uh, birthday this month. Um, Happy birthday! I'm, yeah, I'm officially thirty. Wow. Yeah, it's isn't isn't this like a weird time and turning thirty and yes <laughs> for everybody I like I believe it's for everybody like which age like you achieved it's just oh it's weird the world seems like stopped for a little bit right or my life seems stopped like totally expectations even with the gallery it doesn't really go as as what I expected or it's going but. Definitely, like, what about my own art practice, or what about my life? Yeah. But you know, we all have to live under this kind of shadow for a while. Totally, totally. I, you talked a lot of, you talked about how, going back just a little bit about how, during this time um, in this unprecedented year that we've just. I mean, I think we're still in it really 2021 feels like 2020, just 2020 V2 kind of thing. <laughs> but, yeah. but um, you talked about how artists that Chinese artists that, you know, they decided to leave. And what, why did you decide to stay? Uh, first of all, uh, I have two cats. Um, yeah, definitely. Oh, I love it. That counts. Very difficult to, to move your cats. And mm-hmm. not only just one, but and second, um, probably I just still are being very stubborn. I need to try it out in New York. Mm-hmm. I was being stubborn. Mm-hmm. Um, um, it's just I'm not ready to go back yet. I think before, like I started the gallery, like before, like when I was doing the art thing. I told my mom, let me try out a couple years here. Like, who doesn't want to, like, try out in this amazing city right. abroad? And I'm already making this far. Just let me go, like, a couple more steps. Um, I think since we're living, like, really, like, in history book nowadays. Right. I kind of want to, like, stick out to see how it goes. Totally. And- yeah. The the more like the the more people like went back, the more I wanted to be more stubborn. Like yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I know it's gonna be hard. Like I wanted to maybe just be harsh to myself or be harsh like on the situation. Like in Chinese, we call it mm-hmm. I just really wanted to do it. Like if you made this decision, you wanted to do this business, I'm not going to close up after three months. That sounds really bad. Right. <laughs> I'm going to cry and keep doing it. Let me cry and finish it like a year or two years and then yes. make decisions. Yeah. yeah that's, uh, that's exactly how I felt. And the cats. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And oh yeah. I, I did find, like I did find my partner uh, right before pandemic Oh, if I move, I probably will lose a boyfriend. I probably don't want to do that. (laughs) You probably don't want to do that. Yeah, no. (laughs) Yeah, I know this is a question that is not listed on the list, but I'm just thinking 
what are some of the biggest differences uh, from being an artist who creates transitioning into a business person, an art in an art business? What are some of the differences and what are some of the transitions that you've made? And how different you are compared to when you're just doing creation? Well, let's, um, let me think. I do, I could say that I can't really speak from a like, pure business person since I'm really bad at it. <laughs> it's okay. Um, it's all the fail- failures make us who we are today. Um, so Definitely. Uh, I spend more reasonably. Like I really like watch out my expenses bef- like compared to before. Well, that was like during grad school and I wish I saved a lot of money um, mm-hmm. to do my startup business. But definitely that for sure. And um, maybe live less in the moment as when, I'm, when my business mode is on. Mm-hmm. I will really foresee the future or really um, on the edge thinking about what next. More about like totally. what next six months or like a year or like how are you going to turn the situation or keep like, I, like for, for last year, I, like all I was thinking is how to keep it alive. How am I going to pay rent? Um, but when I was artist, uh, I was more like the priority was more like I need to get like the exact material I needed. I need to spend money on this thing. I need to ship these things. I have these shows. I'm going to go like really more like different priorities, I have to say. Mm-hmm. And I guess uh, I need to be better at calculations and math and finances stuff in terms of if you wanted to start start up a business. If you're not good at it, maybe find an accountant. Like mm-hmm. a lot of those logistic things. I was right. pretty, like, as an artist, I wasn't really that responsible. Yeah, do you, but do you think um, becoming an entrepreneur contradicts with some of your creation, a passion, creative passion? Because I think this is something that a lot of creators would afraid of. Once you turn yourself into a business, um, it can, uh, it can, in some ways, indirectly or indirectly impede your creative passion uh i think for maybe for successful um business entrepreneur definitely it might contradict more for me i still feel like i'm living on the edge like other artists um (laughs) uh, and I would sometimes talk to myself and I was thinking about, I miss like those like pure, like large, large quantities of time, just creating and not to have to worry about other things. Um, But after I've been doing these shows, exhibitions with the gallery, I feel like this is a time for me to accumulate. I work with Mm -hmm. creative artists every day and I'm not only just, um, input my knowledge, like give my knowledge to them. I also really absorb a lot of cool things and cool art and ideas from those younger generations, have to say. And it's like to see how what shows work, what other shows might need it to improve. 
it's definitely a learning moment for me too. So I, mm-hmm. I have like, I kept telling myself, um, you know, I'm also like on the side, um, researching uh, about things for my own art. So this is just a time I'm getting ready and really to balance my life um, to, in order to reach like a sweet point for me to really live content and happily with my own creation and also supporting the community. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the reason why I, I brought up these two additional questions was because I know that even for an artist from do, doing art in it's his or her own country, my face issues alike for, you know, someone who went to the States a couple years ago wanted to balance in between your creative passion and becoming establishing a career um, can be a huge can be a huge uh ideal can be a huge decision to make for a lot of people who went to the states just for the sake of inspirations and once they realize they want to turn their inspirations or passion into something more sustainable here comes the decision that you have to make so i think even though that you know you are um you keep telling us now to tell your story as a successful story which is not but that's the exactly the reason why that is more relatable to a lot of other people who are trying to do the same so i guess my uh, one of my last questions would be what advice would you give to someone who wants to turn their passion into their career as someone who has done it recently oh i can give so many advices but like the first the i think the the, the first and the most important one is if you really wanted to do it even you're crying, even the things are really hard. You have to really keep doing it. You can't just decide that you wanted to do it and you want to really honor your passion. Um, but then like after a couple of weeks and a couple of days and there's nowhere to be found this passion, it's really, really um, embarrassing. And it's also really, I don't know, it's just wasting a lot of time of your life. Um, it's only like a couple decades for us to live. And during this challenging time, if you really wanted to do it, nothing's going to be easy. There's always going to be this pandemic or other things happen, not as you're planned it. Um, I think maybe wipe out your tears and just keep walking and also, in the same time, maybe seeking for help and some support, and yeah, talk about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's I think that's the most important thing for entrepreneur and startup business, and a lot of people who want to who wish to turn their hobby into something like more serious. Mm-hmm. It's called hobby. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Yeah, it's it's definitely not just your spare time anymore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that's such a I love what the advice you just gave because I really feel like that can just be applied across so many different things too in life I mean across life in general because I was listening to an interview with someone um the other day but it was they were talking about how you know like they were talking they were talking on the topic of the pandemic just as, as an example but what he said is he said you know, it's just history. There's, there's been so many, this has happened before and every, and you know, 
these things, like we're walking through time, there's always going to be something that catches us off guard, but it's whether or not we choose to let it consume us. Or if we say, okay, acknowledge it, this is happening right now. How do I like assess what's going on and continue? (laughs) You know, because there's always going to be things. I mean, a pandemic's a pretty big one, but still at the same time, it's like, okay, that acknowledgement, like we're in a pandemic right now. How can I still move forward? And I think, you know, well, well, I know you don't want to, us to put your gallery on a pedestal. I really would say, I would argue that you are a success story. And if anything in the making for sure, because I mean, doing what you've done, um, in this time and you're making it work. I mean, that's success right there. I don't think, I don't, I don't see success as linear and I don't see success as an end point. And I think you're in it, like, you know, when you're in it and I think you're in success and it's ongoing. Um, and it, and it only builds from there. So I think I, I just love that advice that you gave. That's something that I'm definitely going to carry with me as we continue on. <laughs> so much. Um, yeah, I feel like um, maybe when I was a little younger, I would be like, oh, you know, they're asking me for advice. I probably will drop some big secret or something. <laughs> Nobody really knows. But actually, like after I've seen so many cases and there are friends around me or there are things that happen around you, you really like realize that the simplest thing, you just carry on. You just keep going. You can't just right. try out for two weeks and it didn't, like, it didn't work for me when I do gyms. If you just do like a week or a couple of days, you won't right. really lose any weight. You have right. to do it every day, like to make it your habit. Right. For me, like maybe like giving this up or like just be so easily to defeat it, to get defeated is not an option. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it's not going home. Like I'm not even thinking about it. It's just it's too difficult. I'm <laughs> not thinking about it. I just face this. Right. And I believe a lot of other people are doing it now. I, I see so many friends who still in New York, they, they, they think about the only one thing they wanted. They want to stay here. Mm-hmm. They want to keep going. Even though their classmates yeah. are already like flew back home. Right. So I feel yeah. like these are the moments I feel like, yeah, I also really need to just carry on with this thing. It's, it's never going to be like out of audience, out of like supporters, mm-hmm. because there are so many people are still in it with us. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and, I, and I do like that how, because for a long time, we define quote unquote going home as a sign of failure, but it's right. not because it's not. some people are just trying because they're evaluating as well. Maybe going home is a better decision for them personally, mm-hmm. but for you, like staying here, also doesn't mean that this place is better than home it's just a statement that you make for yourself it's it doesn't mean like you believe that new york is better than home it's just you want to make it here to prove it for yourself Mm -hmm. and i think that is a lot a huge misconception no no matter it's online in the online space or it's in between uh, our personal chatting and conversations people sometimes believe that staying up in a place definitely means this place is the best place for everyone but it's just not the case yeah it's just best for you to prove that you can do it and which you survived and that's that's great news and congratulations for that thank you um 
yeah, there's definitely no like where is better. Um, maybe yeah, maybe at the moment in China, maybe a little safer than here. Um, yeah, but I feel like it's just uh, for me, it's the decision I made before pandemic. Yeah. Right. And I made a promise, um, for, like with myself, like if you want to decided to do this, like let's just do it at all costs. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, yeah, I love that. I so how I always like, especially um, when we have guests on the show um, who are making a name for themselves in any regard or have an online presence of any sort. Um, can you share with our audience where they can follow you and? Um, how they can support you and see your work, like any um, channels or any places to direct them to? Um, totally. Uh, we have um, the gallery's Instagram account. It's called Latitude. Um, let's see. I think it's Latitude under slash New York or Latitude Gallery. Um, yeah. I can't even remember. <laughs> no um, worries. Latitude Gallery under slash New York. Um, and you can also follow me on Instagram. I will promise I will be more active on my personal account. It's called <laughs> cucumber under slash and under slash shrimp. Um, after I started <laughs> I the gallery account, uh, maintaining my personal thing, it, it could be challenging. Um, as But, you know. I probably will be back um, posting more about my own art soon and stay tuned. Yeah. Thank you so much again for making it work and congratulations again, again for surviving the pandemic with your new, new gallery. And um, yeah, thank you so I can't much. Wait to, yeah. And then shout out to uh, our gallery. Um, I think end of this month is our gallery one year anniversary. Oh my goodness. Uh, Congratulations. Yeah, I'm doing the the marketing post these days. It's just a lot of things happen. Yeah. One yeah. year. Really not a long, long like time business, but it's I'm kind of um happy and proud of like of myself and our gallery. And also freaking out in the same time. <laughs> <laughs> it's all oh, good. I love yeah, that. I'm right there with you. Be a part of it. Yeah, yeah, we're we really just happy to to witness it. Yeah, and we're so thankful that you took the time to come in and talk with us here on the Spark. It, we it really means a lot to us. Oh, thank you guys too for the opportunity. Yeah, thank you so much for listening. We'd love for you to join in on the conversation. Connect with us on Instagram at Spark underscore Podcast and Facebook at the Spark Podcast with Megan Amy, or send us an email at hellosparkpodcast at gmail .com. And wherever you may be listening from, we hope you have the courage to be the spark. <laughs>